I'll never forget the day I heard their plane had gone missing. What do you think really happened out there? All I know is that what happened was a tragedy. Those girls were special. They were champions. I used to think all the sex, the drinking, the drugs. I used to think I did those things because of what happened out there. What I saw, what I did. Hello, Misty, you crazy bitch. It's been a while. I take it you know why I'm here. Okay, I'm out of here. We agreed, say no more than we have to. The truth is, the plane crashed, a bunch of my friends died. And then the rest of us starved and scavenged and prayed until they finally found us. I think we both know there's more to it than that. I think it'll be good to reconnect with some old friends. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Toure and Derek Wong. So tonight we are finally living up to the TV portion of our podcast <laughs> description, talking about Showtime's original series, Yellow Jackets, which just wrapped its first season last Sunday. So this is a show that has built momentum from its season premiere. I think there's a lot of buzz around it. This has actually become Showtime's second biggest show since uh, Billions. And now that I see like ads for Showtime, they're using Yellow Jackets to sell <laughs> the network now because they're like, oh, don't miss Yellow Jackets. Subscribe to Showtime. And I think there's a lot of stuff that makes this show build momentum. In the beginning, I want to say it's like a mystery box show. It's very like J.J. Abrams, very reminiscent of Lost. So like this is very a cross between Lost and Lord of the Flies, I guess, kind of. Mm -hmm. I've been watching from the beginning. Did you guys catch up this week or have you guys been watching along as well? I started it a couple weeks ago and then I didn't fall off, but I took a little break and then I finished it up this week for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm probably the latest comer to this show. I just caught up with it in the last week on both of your recommendations. So as usual, your recommendations suck. No, I'm kidding. This was actually, <laughs> this was actually really good. I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, bullied me into watching this show because this is probably something I wouldn't have checked out really. Um, uh-huh. even with all the, uh, good buzz about it, no pun intended. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have seen it unless you guys had encouraged me to. So yeah, this, I'm really glad that I got into this, although it didn't quite live up to my initial expectations. And I'm not sure how much of that's the show's fault. I don't know. We can get into that. Yeah. So how did you get into this, Jeff? Cause I think you said you were the first one to watch this, right? How did you pick this up? Well, I'm subscribed to Showtime. So I just saw this ad for Yellow Jackets cause I was watching uh, Dexter, the new season of Dexter, um, like the Dexter reboot, and they were advertising Yellow Jackets alongside it. So I was like, oh, this seems really, really interesting. So to give a breakdown, like a short synopsis, the official 
Logline is, in 1996, a team of New Jersey high school soccer players travels to Seattle for a national tournament. While flying over Canada, their plane crashes deep in the wilderness, and the remaining team members are left to survive for 19 months. The series chronicles their attempts to survive while also tracking their current lives in 2021. So it's got this branching structure of, like, you know, the present-day survivors and then um, what happens after the crash. So it's very, very Lost-esque, right? Because it's got the plane crash. Um, you have the jumping back and forth between the two timelines. There's a bear. There's, There's a, a bear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a bear. But in a lot of ways, I think this show is kind of like an anti-mystery box show. Because I think it does a lot of things that shows like Lost and like a lot of mystery box shows don't do. Where like a lot of the mysteries have kind of, uh, I don't want to say anticlimactic answers. But I think it is refreshing that things don't turn out the way that you expect from a mystery box show with Yellow Jackets. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. Yeah, I, I um, know exactly what you're saying. There's, there was a lot of wild theorizing about this show by people who were watching it as it went on. Mm-hmm. And I can see why. And I think in many cases, they kind of zigged where you thought they were going to zag. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. It was sort of anticlimactic. Like, they didn't make it this thing where everything tied together and it was this grand overarching mystery. Like, sometimes something was just what it was. There was just a random tangent and that's, and that's just all it was. I found that Frustrating and refreshing. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. This is to, to take this back to the very beginning of this podcast. Um, this show has graduated from the JJ uh, Abrams School of Filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I exactly agree with your statement, Jeff. Uh-huh. I think that this show still is concerned a lot with the mystery box, and I actually get elements of like. Game of Thrones in the series in the way it really kind of, it's, interesting. it's trying to set up its future seasons, right? Or like it seems to have this story that they're trying to tell and they're already planting things for the future. I mean, uh, the perfect kind of example is like if you think about the opening of Game of Thrones and you think about the opening of this show, they're mm-hmm. very similar, right? It's like this girl um, like running through this snowy forest and we don't know who that is, and she gets killed by these mysterious figures and cut to our main characters, right? Or cut to the like the main story, but like spoilers. And we should mention that, I guess, at the top of this episode that we are pretty much going to like kind of go into spoilers right from the get-go just because it was a season finale. There is no, I mean, there is some speculating that we can do for like potential seasons, but we're, you know, we're going to talk about this season as a whole and there will be spoilers. Spoilers for that first scene, it doesn't really get answered, right? No, it doesn't. So, like, and remember from Game of Thrones, the very first thing we see is, like, a White Walker, right? But we don't really get that answer, like, until season two or three of what that really was or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm kind of getting those elements of, like, Game of Thrones, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I love as much as you. For me, what was the lackluster kind of reveals that we got this season to some of the mystery box items? I agree. I think, um... The show a little bit lacks, like, the holy shit big moments that would typically accompany a mystery box show. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's smart in subverting our expectations that way. And I did find that refreshing. And and I agree with, at other points, it does feel a little frustrating. 
But overall, I do really like the show. The performances are fantastic. I think everyone's great. The casting between the older characters and the younger counterparts is fantastic. Even though I do feel way more invested in the teenage wilderness survival than the present day storyline. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I Um, feel the exact same way. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so the show starts off so strong. It does such a crazy hook because it opens up mm-hmm. with this scene of this girl running through the snow and uh, she falls into like a pit trap. And I guess she's being hunted by, well, I presumably other girls um, from the team, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the implication here. And then I guess that first episode ends with a shot of something similar. You see a bunch of people in like weird furs with like, antlers and, and i guess they've like just have they sacrificed someone by the end of the by the end of this first episode well they're eating the person who fell into the pit yeah they're eating her right okay yeah yeah and so yeah the whole thing is that she's wearing this necklace it's like this little heart necklace half heart necklace and like the whole first season it's like the cursed hot potato necklace so like oh whoever's gonna get the necklace in the end she's the one who's gonna die and then she's the one who's gonna get eaten but they never even show that throughout the first season so we don't get an answer to that yeah, so, this, so the first episode has just this crazy hook, and you're on edge this whole season, like, hoping they're going to – I want to know about the cannibal cult stuff. Like, that's the shit that came <laughs> into the show. And we <laughs> never get there. So that's why I'm a little disappointed. I feel like I was let on a little bit, right? Because, yeah, like, uh-huh. we, we don't fully make it there. And at first, I was all in. The first three episodes of the show, I binged in, like, a night because I was like, oh, wow, this mm. is, like, super interesting. Like, the acting is great. I like the casting. Um, and, and the premise is super interesting. And then, like, when I started to realize, like, oh, we're not really going to get there, it kind of slowed down for me in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think as things accelerated towards the end, it sort of picked back up and got interesting again. But there was definitely a lull in there where I was a little disappointed that I wasn't going to get the cannibal cultist stuff that I was hoping for. So when did you realize it wasn't going to – because part of me was expecting, but then realizing, like, there's no way they're going to get there in time or it's going to feel super rushed. Mm -hmm. But, like, part of me at least expected to see them maybe, like, have to resort to eating somebody, right? They're, like, so hungry that they have to. Like, someone maybe dies and they have to eat somebody. There is this weird disconnect for me between, like, that very first scene and, like, where the show ends up, the end of the season. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, kind of reiterating already what Amir is saying. But yeah, like I felt that too, to kind of agree with Amir. Yeah. Um, not to say that it doesn't go in interesting directions. Um, I think it does leave off on a good cliffhanger. Um, oh, yeah. I'm super excited for season two. And I yeah. just to bash the show in anyway. It's just like that was my – the disconnect between my initial impression of how far we were going to get towards – um, yeah, a cannibal cult, <laughs> and where we ended up, just a little disappointed. I mean, now, so yeah, so the girls spend nineteen months in the wild, right? So how many months have gone by by episode ten? At least a few. Do we right? know? Because we've like changed seasons, right? It was and then Shauna's already yeah. starting to show, right? Yeah, it yeah. was fall. Yeah, Shauna's starting to show, like so. It's at least for sure less than nine months because Shauna hasn't given birth yet. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. Seems like probably a couple. We've gone from like the fall to like the first kind of snow is falling. The weather's starting to change. Animals are starting to like leave or whatever. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, she's it's been a little bit big by the end, right? So I would say yeah, like yeah. five six months maybe. Yeah, yeah, that seems reasonable. Well, I don't know because they crash during spring. Is it because they're still in school and they're doing the soccer tournament? So at latest, that's like. May or June, right? And then by the end of the first season, it's like the first snow, right? Yeah, so, right. 
Um, I would say that's like probably five, six months. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And they said um, it's like homecoming soon, which is usually what in like the fall, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like at the beginning of a semester or beginning of a school year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's the best guess probably like maybe four, four or five months, I think. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. So if people don't know, the show does take place in two different timelines, right? Mm-hmm. And I did like that the show was smart enough to like only focus, you know, in the 2000, I guess, 22 timeline on like four characters, right? We know that four of these characters, I guess five, because Travis lives and then he dies. Like we know that some of them make it, but it also like leaves us kind of wondering who else made it. And did you guys ever get a sense that, like, these were the only four that survived Uh, of the girls? I think there was always that tease of, oh, who else is around that they don't know about or who else is around Mm -hmm. that they're not in touch with. I mean, I think the implication is that we're following most but not all of the survivors. Um, Mm. Because initially I didn't realize that Travis was still alive until – I mean, I guess he comes to the picture pretty quickly. But I initially thought it was only, like, the girls who lived, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually initially even surprised to see that Travis had made it. So I think, you know, always in the back of my head was like, oh, the villain or whatever is going to be another survivor who there, who's, who's not on their side. Right. Speaking to your point earlier, Jeff, like I think an, oh shit, crazy moment. I think for me could have been at the reunion. Yeah. Cause it was, mm. it's the very last episode of the season. That could have been a perfect moment to bring one more, per- like we would have seen like yeah. a new person. Yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of do, right? I mean, not to get it too much into the, the end of the season, but I mean, to give some context, the 2022 storyline pretty much surrounds four of the survivors as adults, right? You got Shauna, who's played by mm-hmm. Melanie Linsky. And you have Thaisa, who's played by Tawny Cypress. You have uh, Natalie, who's played by Juliette Lewis. And then uh, Misty, who's played by Christina Ricci, right? Yes. And those are the four that the 2022 storyline follows. And they're being blackmailed by a mysterious other party who's threatening to reveal exactly what happened in the woods, which obviously is fucked up. Um, those are the four. And I always thought that there was going to be another reveal which we did get i thought it was going to be jackie (laughs) yeah absolutely Um, i 100% thought it was going to be jackie who's played as a teenager by ella purnell she's having a crazy good year by the way she was in arcane oh okay yeah she played netflix uh, she played Mm -hmm. jinx throughout the whole first season i don't think they ever refer to jackie in 2022 as dead they always say she's gone right i don't think they ever outright say that she's dead and then she has that journal of, like, movies. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people kind of picked on this one. <laughs> which was super fucking weird, because, like, a lot of the movies in it, like, didn't even come out until, like, the year after the plane crash or whatever. So that was super weird, too. Like, it had movies like Titanic and American Beauty and stuff on it. And this was 1996, so neither of those movies came out yet. I mean, I thought she was going to be the big surprise that she was going to be revealed to be alive and and maybe behind the blackmail or something. But uh, that's obviously not the case because uh, I kind of like what they did instead, though. I thought that was a very effective death for Jackie. I thought it was gut-wrenching. It felt like a rug pull. I was also like you expecting her to be the one who is kind of pulling all the strings. And I... Uh, I don't know. I'm a justice for Jackie guy. I felt really bad for her the way she went out, man. (laughs) What what an awful rough death. 
to ladies. Yeah, and and there's so many things this show says about like teenage friendships, especially between girls and stuff. I I mean, we're all dudes, but like a lot of female critics said that like it's very accurate in like portraying the dynamics between teen girls and stuff. So um, I thought that was really. Really yeah, interesting. Jackie's but, sort of your t- your typical queen bee, um, yeah. super pretty, super popular captain of the soccer team. She's got the good looking boyfriend Jeff, and her best friend Shauna is sort of always living in Jackie's shadow. And then mm-hmm. when they end up crashing this plane and having to become cannibal cultists to survive, <laughs> Jackie doesn't take too well to that um, shift in milieu, and like she yeah. finds her social power doesn't transfer over. Like to this different environment where she's not as useful. She's not good at all this outdoorsy shit. She doesn't like it. She thinks it sucks ass. Um, yeah. And she eventually just finds herself pushed more and more to the fringes of their new little Lord of the Fly society until finally um, she's literally just like sent out into the wilderness to like die in the snow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, very on point meta- metaphor for, you know what ostracization feels like as, as a teen girl, yeah. I guess. I mean, this is a very buffy level of making, like, teen angst metaphorical, right? Like, this, this is mm-hmm. on that level. Which is a yeah. compliment, by the way. Buffy was yeah. very good at that. And this, this show is also, I think, very good at doing it. Yeah. So, I wanted to ask, is that plausible, though? Can someone fall asleep like that and not notice how cold it gets? And like, Absolutely. That's exactly, I okay. think, like, exactly how it'll happen, right? If you get cold, it just it feels like falling asleep. And then you just... That's it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I'm not like an expert on f- people freezing to death, but that, def- <laughs> that, definitely, that, that definitely struck me as fairly plausible. plausible. Mm-hmm. And also that no one would even realize that that was going on until they went out and checked on her the next morning and went, oh, shit, shit. Yeah. Like when she, when, I right? mean, when Shauna wakes up the next morning, her breast cold, I was like, oh, shit. So it hadn't snowed, right? Like they wake up the next morning and it turns out it had snowed. And she mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, She's like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, her pride kind of led her to her death too, right? Because like she could have knocked on that door and they probably would have let her back in. They're not like monsters, right? They're still not fully in the Antler Queen cannibalistic uh, cult stage yet. They're still they're yeah. still in that cabin, you know? So they probably would have let her back in. And I think that's the that's the tragic part of her death, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would have let her back in for sure. Then nobody even went out and went like, "Hey, you should come in." Even Shauna, her her like ex best friend, did. Well, also, and no do one, so. no one forced her out, right? Like, like she yeah, like yeah. got into a fight, and then she was like, she finally had it out with Shauna for um, sleeping with her boyfriend and becoming pregnant with her boyfriend's child. <laughs> mm-hmm. They finally had their big confrontation, and then when Jackie tries to ostracize Shauna, she realizes like, "Oh shit, I don't have any power in this situation. I'm the one who's going to have to." Like, be alone and go out into the wilderness. And so, yeah, like, out of pride, she sort of exiles herself and then ends up passing away. Who do you think, out of the cast, has the best young actress to older actress counterpart, like, casting? Dude, they're um, all really good. Mm-hmm. They're all pretty good, right? They're all really uh, good. I think it might be... It might be Thaisa. Thaisa? Really? Jasmine Savoy Brown and Tony Cyrus. I think Cyprus. that's pretty good. Yeah, they don't really look alike, though. Yeah, but the energy's the same. Yeah, the yeah. energy is the same. The I don't know. I think they're very. I think they did a very good mm-hmm. job with that casting. I think they're mm-hmm. all pretty great. I mean, I think I really love Juliet Lewis and and Sophie Thatcher as mm-hmm. like 
the Natalie character. I mean, I think for me, the adult Misty and Shauna kind of outshine their younger counterparts. To answer your question, it's probably the Taisa character or the Natalie character for me. Mm. That I think has like a really good energy between the younger actress and the, and the, the older. Man, I think they're all good. I think Sophie Nalisa and uh, Sammy Hanratty do a great job as younger uh, Shauna and Misty. Um, Misty's just fucking unhinged across Dude. both timelines. It's Jeez. so fucking hilarious. Wild. <laughs> um, what a scary character. And the first episode twist where she destroys the black box, that's such a great character moment, you know? It like, is. I don't know if I actually find it plausible. To be able to break up. Really? Not, not to be able to do it. It's like the kind of thing that feels like a cool character be in a TV show. But doesn't feel like the kind of thing a human being would actually do. <laughs> like, I know you're socially isolated. Like, this is like, wow, what a great character. We're wishing how socially isolated she is. She'd rather destroy the black box and live in, like, the wilderness than, than be rescued and, like, go back to being on the outside, right? Because she's like this ostracized nerd um, who's all of a sudden she's very useful now that they've crashed the plane. She knows a lot about medicine and, I don't know, gathering plants and whatever. And so she's – all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, wow, thank God Misty's here. And she's never had that before in her life. And so, like, you know, if they get rescued, she's going to lose her new found sense of Social quality. currency or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and that's so important to her that, you know, she destroys the black box, which totally works on our, on our showing you who this dramatic person level. is. And dramatic mm-hmm. level and metaphor level of, like, this is how badly some people need validation at that age. But I just – would you really do that? I don't know. I feel like if you're a teenager, you would. Fuck, dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like... Because, like, that black box... Like, I could see you being like, oh, fuck, I wish, like, this black box wasn't there. Or, like, even, like, hitting it once. But, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like after you hit it once, you'd be like, fuck, wait. Am I about to destroy our way of getting back to civilization? <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just... It's such a cool moment, but it also maybe like roll my eyes just a little bit. Like, oh, would she really? I don't. Know. I also don't think that she thought they were as lost as they actually were. You know, like maybe, like maybe she thought maybe like oh, destroying the black box will delay our rescue by like a week or two or something, or like just a couple of days. Because at that point, the plane had just crashed, right? So yeah. like maybe that'll give me a little more time to be like play the hero and and get everyone to like me and. And show how useful I am, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, I could buy it. I, I, yeah, that didn't really enough. bother me. But I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's totally fair. I, mean, I, can, I can see how it, it could totally be a mm-hmm. super strong character moment. It just, for some reason, that one rubbed me a tiny bit the wrong way. Yeah. What do you think, Derek? Did you just completely buy it? That's why I asked, did you buy the thing about her actually breaking it? I'm like, they're supposed to survive, like, plane crashes and shit, right? Like, how does she just, how does like, this girl, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, this, but why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? <laughs> yeah, yeah like. I mean now you've asked your question you kind of have me questioning like well she did it so that she could prove her worth she can like be stuck in this situation and, like maybe people will like her more because like you know they'll find out she's a useful person but like you also had the flip side like if she actually brought the black box to them like she's also kind of a hero in that way right like that could have garnered some good rapport with her classmates too so it's kind of like like a character motivation wise I'm not too sure if that character like thought it all the way through I think it just served its purpose. It's a black box. She got rid of it. So that's why they're not found for like 19 months. Mm-hmm. I am curious to see if it will come back. Yeah. I'm wondering, is that a known thing? Yeah. Like if, if that's something we have to keep an eye out. Remember for like a second season, if people are like, 
hey, we found the black box, so it looks like someone... I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to tell that someone actually messed it up or not, but yeah. So on the one hand, you yeah. would think yes, right? Because they all are wary of and, and hate Misty, but she's also done enough other things that I feel like maybe that it doesn't even have to be revealed and they'd still be very wary of her because she is a yeah. very mm-hmm. unhinged, deranged character. Yeah, but you also have to imagine, like, we kind of understand where these characters are going, the savage nature that maybe some of these characters are getting to, you know, as as the seasons progress. If they did find out that information, I don't know if she would have actually made it off, right? And made it mm-hmm. back to civilization because we know that she does. So, I mean, it does kind of beg that question too. Uh, but to speak a little bit to a point that Jeff made very early in this podcast about like this show subverting expectations. I mean, we haven't really talked about the Shauna Jeff relationship in, mm-hmm. in like the later timeline, you know, and then we find out the ultimate person that is blackmailing them isn't anyone from the plane. It's actually Jeff himself. Yeah. Which I thought was clever. It was fun. And I, I like that it was kind of a, a relationship building thing for them to like have to go through this and figure out how to, how to you know basically get rid of a dead body yeah well i mean they had they had this very frigid relationship and and i think through this blackmail they <laughs> against all odds became closer and and i actually really love that we got some like really really funny moments i think it's just refreshing that one of the big mysteries just turns out to be the simplest explanation right yeah you know like jeff's furniture business isn't doing well he's like drowning in debt he needs money um, he also knows what all the girls have been through. I mean, I assume he knows enough to be able to blackmail them, right? But we're made to think that it's someone else. But in the end, it turns out to be just Jeff. And Warren Cole, the actor, I think he delivers the uh, the line that's just the funniest, the cadence and everything, where he's just like, there's no book club, <laughs> you know? Because uh, <laughs> uh, he thinks that Sean has been going to book clubs all this time, but um, she's really shacking up with this, uh, this mysterious guy named Adam having an affair. So to lay the ground, she thought that Jeff was having an affair, but he was actually yeah. getting himself in debt to loan sharks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the business uh-huh. wasn't doing well. And then to dig himself out of that, he concocted the blackmail plot. But like, you know, his wife sees him sneaking around, thinks he's having an affair and then starts her own affair. And ends up murdering the guy. <laughs> yes. So you said I was having an affair too? So that means that... Damn. Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I can't believe it. I can't believe you thought I was going to book club this whole time. What? There's no book club? So the thing with Adam was, like, who's Adam? Yeah, what's like, the deal with this guy? Right. How's he tied into, like, I don't know, the 1996 timeline? Is he, like, a grown-up Javi? Like, you that know, was so Travis funny. Brother. I can't believe people thought that. That's so, that's so funny. funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, I never actually thought that, but no, I definitely never thought there was, there was some connection. Because, like, he had all the tattoos on his back that kind of looked like the the cult symbol. And he is super mysterious, and he's, like, super into shauna's life and before he's murdered like she finds like all the the books uh the books and the plane crash paraphernalia that he's collected about the yellow jackets so you obviously think that he's connected somehow but 
turns out he's just some guy that Shauna's sleeping with, and then she kills him by accident. <laughs> Which is insane. Uh-huh. I, I, that That's a bit of a wet fart. I don't know. I just, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's just I, I too, agree. I agree. I agree. He's too weird at first for it to all kind of end up like that. If he was just a guy who she ran into, fine. But, like, it's not set up that way. He's set up to be, like, weird. Like, how does this guy keep popping up? Why is he so aggressive? Why is he so weird? Like, I don't know. They tease mm-hmm. you with it, and then it turns out to me nothing. It's kind of like, eh, all right. Well, why did you freaking have this guy here? I don't know. I guess it. I guess it's misdirection, right? It, it's keeping you away from thinking yeah. about Jeff and what Jeff is actually up to by focusing on on, on this guy. But, yeah, that, that was one plot. I wish they did do something more. Just... I don't know. I mean, do you guys think that he was like, was he just like really genuinely just really into her? Or is he some kind of weird grifter or something like, like her daughter suggests? No, I think, I I think in the end, well, I think at the end, I mean, he was who he was, right? He was someone that was interested in Shauna and wanted to potentially start a relationship. You don't think when he was like, oh, let's go the way of the cabin, the cabin wasn't like some kind of cannibal cult shit or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't think so. I think they built up the mystery around him too much with, like, the tattoos. I think you spent a lot of time with this plot line, right? You spent a lot of time with Shauna and Adam having their affair, and I'm like, dude, this is kind of boring. Like, why the fuck are we watching them have this fucking affair so much? I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? It's better tie into something, and then that kind of never does, right? Whereas, like, Mm -hmm. I love the Shauna and Jeff stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, the Sean and Adam stuff was just like, oh, why am I watching this part, you know? And they, and they spent so much time on it, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel that way when you're watching it, but when he dies, you're like, oh, that's it, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. even when um, I was watching it, I was kind of like, I don't know, I never loved the Adam plot line, so, like, for me, it was always just like, Whoa. Well, if they did know. something with it, it might have been worth it in the end, Maybe, right? but, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's all retro. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's all retro. I think even when I was watching it, I was kind of like, all right, like, <laughs> what, 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 are we, what are we doing here? That was one of the places where I wish they had, as Derek was saying, like, followed through with the mystery box thing and made some sort of mm-hmm. more tie him in more thoroughly. And maybe he will. Like maybe next season they'll be like, oh, he was actually like some kind of weird cultish thing. In which case I'd be like, you know what, that was cool. I like that. <laughs> um what other plot lines do you guys want to discuss? Um Well I mean the rise of uh Lottie, right? Um mm-hmm. because it turns out that she's the antler queen, right? There's no way that she's not the antler queen now. You want to mention who the Antler Queen is? I don't think we've said that before. Yeah, so she's just the leader of the cannibals, and they're all masked at the end of the first episode, so you don't know who's who. The big speculation is, like, who's under each one of those masks, right? Mm-hmm. And what the deal with them is. And and there's clearly a leader, because she's in the middle, and she's got, like, this ornate antler headdress that's bigger than everyone else's, um, and... By the end of the first season, it's obvious that it's Lottie, right? So she's the one who has psychic abilities, yeah, kind pre- of premonition, prophetic vision, premonition, yeah. Call them. So I know this is kind of a talking point about this show. Like, do you guys actually believe there is a supernatural element here? See, I don't know. I mean, there must be. I feel I mean, it seems like there's a little bit there, right? I mean. I don't know how is she taming bears and stuff. Taming bears and like predicting car I mean, crashes. I like, like, like the predictions you can say are maybe like vague or something. Like oh, there was fire and blood or something. Like all right, that could be fucking anything. But like I don't know, like the whole bear thing. Like why does the bear come up to her and she's just able to like stab it in the face? It doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. But like the predictions are kind of easy to like right. Like you can cold read and like do like weird. You know, there's like stuff you can do to make it look like you're predicting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but. 
like, oh, there'll be food soon. Like, all right, well, if you're wrong, everyone's dead anyway, so you may as well just predict that. Like, who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> but, like, <laughs> um, the bear thing, I think, is the thing which makes you go, oh, I don't know. Well, when she said that there was going to be food soon, I thought they were going to, like, deliver Shauna's baby and eat it. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. I did not think well, that. She, That's... They had that dream where she delivers the chicken, the, like, the yeah. rotisserie yeah, chicken yeah, yeah. Out, of her, out of her womb. So I was like, uh-oh, are they going to fucking eat this baby? Uh-oh. Um, but they didn't get up to that point, so. <laughs> Doesn't mean there's no baby eating in season two. We might get that, so. <laughs> still might be. That's a question I have for you guys, too. But let's stay on this. Like, so, we do see at the end of the last episode, right, the Juliet Lewis, Natalie character, she comes to the realization that she now believes that Travis killed himself, right? It's like, this whole season, she's been trying to find this person that, that blackmailed them because she believes that person also killed Travis, but then by the end of the season, they all kind of realize that those are two separate things. And that's well, Shauna maybe- frames so- Adam as the blackmailer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Even though she knows that it was her husband, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so now it's clear that whoever blackmailed them did not kill, kill Travis. Travis. Well, and it's, um, not, well, it's not in the air if Travis killed himself at all, right? Like, Natalie yeah. is insistent that he did not. But basically, everyone else in the show is like, uh. He probably killed himself. Who gives a fuck? Right? Like, nobody mm-hmm. else is really as obsessed with that as she is. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, towards the end of the episode, at the end of the final episode, it seems even like she's about to accept this. Right? She's going, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe he killed himself. We found the blackmailer. Maybe there was no murder or whatever. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she's on the brink of committing suicide at the end of the season also. But then is stopped by this group of people. One of them is wearing a necklace that bears the symbol that we've seen all season. And that's juxtaposed with the scene where we flash back to 1996. And Lottie is presenting this. I'm assuming, is that the bear's heart? Because that's too big to be I'm a assuming, human heart. Yeah, yeah I'm assuming it's heart. the bear's heart. Yeah. To some altar of some sort. And yeah. who's behind her? It's Van? It's Van and Misty. And, and Misty. Okay. And then we do find out that Lottie is still alive, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um... Natalie's doing an investigation, and there's this clue that uh, someone drew money out of Travis's account the day after he died, and it's assumed that whoever drew the money out is also probably the person that killed Travis, and then they find out that, well, the person that drew the money out is Lottie. So we know that yeah. Lottie is still alive, right? So the, the PI was like, uh, who the fuck is Lottie Matthews, you know? Yeah. And that's how we realize that Lottie is still alive. Yeah. Um, so I think that puts into question... Who is a part of Lottie's cult and who's not, right? And I think the finale tries to paint that Thaisa is a part of the cult because there's something sinister going on with Thaisa and she sacrifices her family's dog to some fucking fucked up uh, altar in the basement, right? And her, um, her wife goes down and finds their dog's severed head at an altar and... She wins the election that she was supposed to lose because she's total victory. Is that the implication that she's like, yes, I think that so. She yeah. sacrificed a dog to win the election. That's what I read. Too. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. Well, see, I don't necessarily read that as her a part of Lottie's cult, though. Like, I know, like, a lot of the Thaisa character in the past was the one that was very practical, right? That didn't believe in religion, didn't believe in all the, the mm-hmm. mysticism. And I think that the reveal at the end is that we find out that this adult version of Thaisa does, right? There's some kind mm-hmm. of turn for so her, right? Maybe. I don't but, know about that. Um, maybe she just... 
I don't know. How much of that is she doing in her sleep? Yeah, we don't know that. That's too, true yeah. too. Mm-hmm. That's true so, too. So, like one of the th- one of the wrinkles with this character is that she has these episodes of sleepwalking or whatever, where she goes into this fugue state and she does things she doesn't know what she's doing. So she like sneaks out into the night and like eats dirt, and she like um, I don't know, moves around and like steals things. And like one night, she's supposed to be standing guard over the rest of the girls while they sleep and I guess she ends up falling asleep and sleepwalking and she wakes up like in a tree and the rest of the girls are being attacked by wolves because she didn't do her job so that was uh, pretty insane Uh, yeah I mean that's connected to like another supernatural thing that we thought was supernatural but it turns out it was just Thaisa in a tree because like uh, her son is always talking about like, oh, there's a woman in the tree, a woman in the tree, yeah. and you're like, oh, what kind of ghost shit is this? It's fucking yeah, 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 creepy yeah. as fuck. And it's even creepier when it's revealed that it's his mom, yeah, like, sleepwalking in the tree. It's fucked up, eating dirt. It's crazy. That was yeah, a crazy reveal. Yeah, yeah it's really well, it's, it's um, interesting because he calls her what the bad one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, yeah. and then you, when you think about it, it's like, well, she's the good one during the day, and then she's like the bad one at night or whatever. But but to go back to the altar thing, I don't think that's like a sleepwalking thing because there's that grin that spreads across her face when she wins the election, mm-hmm. and it's intercut with the discovery of the altar. So I mm. feel like she's doing that knowingly. Right? They're draw- Yeah, they're right? drawing that, that. That. Yeah, they're drawing that line. Right? I don't. I don't know. Oh, and then she's covering uh, her tracks when she talks to her wife and says like, oh. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, th- I think I'm the one who let the dog out when actually she intentionally yeah. sacrificed the dog for victory. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. man, that is uh, yeah. That's that's dark. Uh, I guess the other thing we didn't mention is um, uh, taste is the queer Kamala, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess I don't know if she's a lesbian. We've only ever seen her have relationships with women, but um, she's mm-hmm. a queer uh, black woman who's like married to another black woman, and they have a, a son. Um, and so she's mm-hmm. running for state senator of New Jersey, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And she's this huge underdog, and she's supposed to try and make up some lost ground by uh, kissing the ass of this powerful, I don't know, whoever she is, a kingmaker-type figure in New Jersey. And the person starts prying into what the Yellow Jacks had to do to survive, and Taysa tells her to fuck off. Um, yeah. And, like, a centerpiece of the campaign is her opponents tagging her as, like, a cannibal <laughs> with, like, references to what she may have done when she was – uh do they uh, out-and-out the out say months. that she's a cannibal, or they just assume that they did some unsavory I think they imply, shit Yeah, they the just woods. imply that there's something super unsavory mm. there, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so there's this whole there's, – that's like her whole adult plot line is that, right? She's I guess she's like this mm-hmm. hyper-achiever person. There's this great bit where she like she's talking to Shauna. Like, Shauna talks about all the things she would have done. Um, you know, she's like, oh, wow, if we hadn't ended up doing this, I would have done this. I would have gone to Brown. I would have had this kind of boyfriend. I would have done – you know, just – Imagining an alternate life where things would have been better. And Taste is like, yeah, you know, I would have gone to Howard. I would have gone to Columbia Law. I would have graduated first in my class. I would have risen to like the top of politics or whatever. And Sean is like, you did do all that. <laughs> 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 and then Taste says, yeah, but it all, it, like, none of it feels real. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that, you know, I guess, I don't know, part of her is still out in the wilderness, just like everybody else. They're all incredibly fucked up from what they went through. And the growing bond between Taisa and Shauna is one of the best parts of the the show, I think. Um, I yeah, think it's in, very in both organic, timelines, and actually. I like it. Yeah, in both timelines, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, uh, Taisa's with Van, right? Uh, poor fucking Van, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man, Van really uh, goes through it, dude. That was, like, the big what-the-fuck moment, right? Cause, dude. Like, I mean, you mentioned that Taisa was, like, she went AWOL, like, 
trying to keep everyone safe, and she she sleepwalks into the tree, and fucking Van gets wrecked by the wolves. Yeah, um, so because of her dereliction, her girlfriend is attacked by wolves, and they think she's dead, and they put her on a pyre, and then they realize that she's still alive, so they actually dude, set her on crazy. fire. Do they not check a pulse? Like, I, come on. So like. they set her on fire, and then they, they, they put her out and, and carry her back to safety. She actually manages to live. They do some pretty um, impressive uh, – Wilderness cosmetic surgery and stitch her up. <laughs> she actually looks Yo, pretty when, good. When they have the that scene where she's like, yeah. "I want to see your face. Mm. I want to see you," and she reveals herself, I'm like, "That's great. That looks so good." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? like that's not that bad. That girl, Dude. if she survives, should be a surgeon. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, whoever like, it is who did that, I don't know who, who was it who did the who did the stitching because they were they were impressive. I was <laughs> expecting some like two face shit. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. Because it's uh, really gnarly when, you know, she does get dude, her like, face. All her, like, teeth are exposed through her cheek. Yeah. She's all fucked up. Yeah. Um, was it Misty? No. no it was, uh, no, was Akila, the character played by Kia King. Yeah. I think she's the JV girl that they pointed out at the beginning of the season. One of the JV yeah. girls. Yeah. I think it's funny because that's, like, the second time they left Van to burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. was in the crash, right? Because uh, was, yeah. was it Jackie? It was Jackie who left her. It was such a great moment. She ends up living. And so, like, yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. so nuts. I can't imagine leaving someone to die and then having to face them after that. Like, that's <laughs> so insane. <laughs> yeah. A lot of great character moments. And uh, so we got to pour one out for Laura Lee, too. Yeah, um, dude. But I gotta say, I'm happy with how the show treated Laura Lee. So Laura Lee is like, I guess she's like the token Christian on the team or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like very overtly religious. Like she's always like trying to lead the team in prayer and, you know, saying grace before they do things. And like people, they love her, but they roll her eyes at her. But the show is like, I think very respectful and treats her with a lot of like respect. And I, I'm really glad that the show didn't just like yeah, shit all over, I, shit all I over agree, religious people. Like I think that would have mm-hmm. been really distasteful. And I'm glad that she's able to like be a heroic character that like, the other girls on the team can be friends with and look up to and like the show doesn't like make fun of the fact that she's religious i don't know yeah. i think that that's one of the I mean, things i, I like about this show that's Actually. just su- such low hanging fruit and like an easy joke to make and they don't do it i mean i mean some of the stuff is played for laughs but it's not like it's not insulting to her i feel like it's not too um, mean-spirited right Although blowing her up in the plane is maybe a little mean. Well, but. there's no way they could have let her succeed, right? Because yeah, yeah. Then there's no show. Yeah. Like obviously she's not gonna. She could have jumped out though, right? She was over the water. She let that thing burn for like ten minutes before it exploded. <laughs> there was like two thoughts in my head that went when I saw that because where the fire emanates from it's kind of strange right because it almost yeah. looks like it's coming from the bear that she puts the side yeah. of her like, it was very supernatural it's leaning, from the seat like, underneath yeah. it's supernatural or someone sabotaged her right again yeah. like there's no implication that it's it's sabotaged but like that's where i was like maybe there's some supernatural stuff here too with this death yeah but i, I don't know if that's ever going to get answered um but going back to the to the altar thing also though like we pointed out the two people that are like kneeling besides Lottie and like one of them is Misty, right? So now it kind of begs the question like, is Misty still in on it, right? Like Yeah. Sorry, is Misty still in on what? The cult stuff. On the cult stuff, right? Because she is kneeling next to Lottie at the end of the season and we know that she survives and we know that Lottie survives, right? And they're back, you know, in, in 2022. It kind of begs the question like, could she still be in some kind of relationship cult-wise with, with Lottie? 
Maybe mm-hmm. not. Uh, she doesn't need to be, to be in the cult to be any weirder than she is. Misty is <laughs> fucking <laughs> What a horrifying character. So yeah. I guess as a youth, like as a girl, she destroys the black box. She's always poisoning people. <laughs> she gets this crush on like the older gay teacher. The coach. She poisons him at least twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like, I don't know what else she does in the past, uh, but in the present, she's always like spying on people with hidden cameras. She kidnaps and murders somebody. She works in like a an old folks home and she like abuses the patients. Like she's like a really, really evil, fucked up person. In an interview, Christina Ricci said she like drew inspiration from uh, Edmund Kemper and Mindhunter and Kathy Bates in Misery, which is very, very Yeah, funny. I mean, like, it's horror, but it's played kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Not as serious, but, like, Misty is horrifying. Yeah, yes. she's fucking crazy. She's unhinged. Uh, she kidnaps... Uh, uh, and this is another one of those plots that kind of went over. There, there's this... Um, there's this reporter, this fake reporter who's investigating all the Yellow Jackson. And it turns out this is just someone who's hired by Taisa to make sure everyone was to keeping their mouths yeah, shut. Yeah. So, that, you know, none of the information would come out as like campaign opposition research. But, um, mm-hmm. I guess Misty suspects this lady of being involved in the blackmail plot. And so she kidnaps her and then murders her with a fentanyl overdose. Does she die? Does she Absolutely. die? Is that a fentanyl overdose? I'm assuming because she talks about it earlier in the season, right? She's like, oh, this is why mm-hmm. fentanyl is so good or whatever. Oh, I didn't put that together. And then you see her injecting oh. stuff into the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she can't let her live. And it's right? very – yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. wait, she's letting her drive away? It's very evil because she like puts it in the cigarettes and then she like acts like she doesn't want her to have the cigarettes. Dude, it's so And fun. lets it's her so, dish out the so cigarettes fucked. out of the yeah. trash. Yeah, that's – it's so yeah, fucked. Of her own will. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's so fucked. Dude, she's an incredible, incredible POS. Christina Ricci does a great job, by the way. This is not to impugn the yeah, acting yeah. at all. She, she does a great job, but it's just – she's so disconcerting. And I don't know, like, why she feels so disconnected from, like, the rest of humanity. But, like, she just clearly never – like, she never fit in and she never was able to, I don't know, connect to other human beings or something. I don't know. I don't know maybe she's, she's just, on the spectrum. Dude, she's so off. Yeah, the fucking, the fucking yeah. sociopathic spectrum. Holy shit. Wow, what a character. That is someone else. There's a lot of evil people in this show. Shauna is, like, not a good person. I feel like they all right? aren't. Like, yeah. Uh, Natalie's this uh, drug addict, keeps relapsing. She's, like, filing. I never thought she was going to assassinate one of the other Yellow Jackets, by the way. At the beginning of the show, she's a giant <laughs> in the rifle. First, uh, in the first yeah, episode. I like, yeah, she's yeah, going to yeah, kill yeah, someone yeah. else. This is, this is great. And then Tysa, I guess, is, like, sacrificing dogs for political victory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... Dark show. Like, there's a lot of humor in it. It's funny to watch, but there is that horror thread throughout the whole show. And it is a genre mashup, which I guess is why it sounds so yeah. schizophrenic talking about it, like jumping around from time onto time on a genre to genre. But it, the show really does cover a lot of ground. Maybe Jeff's the best person on the show, and even he's a blackmailer. <laughs> Dude, he's, yeah. He's a blackmailer. He's a cheater. It's Randy, man. It's his best friend. <laughs> yeah, Rand- Randy's done nothing wrong. Um, well, Randy's participating in the blackmail plot, too. Yeah. yeah. Right? What did you guys think of the relationship between Natalie and Travis? You mean the flashbacks? I really like it. Yeah. I really yeah. like it in the in the past. And I, and I think it serves as a great motivation for the character in the present. In the present, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do find, feel like Travis is a little bitch, though. Um, yeah, but I think believably so for an 18-year-old boy. I don't know. What do you I mean? I mean, Natalie slept with 
the guy who bullied him. But that's not like she knew. Yeah, no. She obviously cares about him. Just get over yeah, that. Clearly, it's not a big clearly. deal. I guess he's just pretty emo. I think, bu- I think, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think believably so, though. I agree with you. He's definitely, like, fucked up. It's just, like, you're also supposed to sympathize with him as a yeah. you know, flawed human being, right? As everybody is. I did want to see him interact with Javi more. Like, you know, his own fucking brother. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do think, like, the show just kind of did Javi dirty in the first Forgets season. Forgets about Javi a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we kind of forget about him at the end, too. Like, <laughs> I saw this thing where it was like, everyone's like so heartbroken over Jackie, and then like, oh, Javi's two feet over and he's fucking frozen to death, too. Or whatever, <laughs> <you> <laughs> Eaten by a bear or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to ask you guys is there really anywhere to go with the Shauna character and the Thaisa character, and even, like, a little bit the Misty character. I feel like Natalie has a strong tie because, you know, she gets kidnapped at the end of this season, so you're kind of like, what's going to happen to her? But, like, Shauna, you know, she's kind of reconciled with her husband, they're fine, but I guess she got away with murder. I guess that's where you can kind of take her story. Well, her daughter knows that... Mm -hmm. Uh, something's up right something's up because she saw the the news report of adam missing right so Uh i mean that's something that sean is gonna have to deal with and and jeff is gonna have to deal with too and also they're gonna get drawn to the natalie plot i'm sure right i think everybody's gonna get drawn to the natalie plot yeah taisa has the like wife finding out that she's a cultist (laughs) yeah and then natalie has getting kidnapped by a cult and then misty has whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck misty has going on yeah i'm not so sure if i'm so excited about Watching uh, Thaisa balance whatever her storyline is with, like, her state senate duties. Because she fucking won the, the election, right? So, like, yeah, is part of her storyline just going to be a bunch of that stuff? That's probably going to be boring, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Can't, can't say it just yet, because, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just know. really interested to find out, like, who else made it off, right? I feel like not letting on how many of them actually survived. And it's smart, right? We don't want, like, this definitive yeah. number. But at the same time, like, I feel like it's definitely more than just these five now that we know. I think a good amount did probably make it off in my guesstimation. So do you think it was just the one girl that they ate? <laughs> just the one unlucky girl they ate, like, two hours before rescue shows up and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'll put money on Lottie plus at least one more named character that we've known. Yeah. So maybe, like, Van. Yeah. Um, or Akila. I don't know. I feel like Akila would be a little... Uh, anticlimactic because we barely know don't her know name, much about right? it yeah um, it'd be cool if Van was well that's the thing like we know Akila because she did the work and she was one of the ones that left with Thaisa but there are others that I don't even like they're just yeah. like the red shirts right like I, I think all of those yeah. can die but like all the people that we we know and we've actually like heard actual dialogue come out of their mouths I think could be alive like Akila right like Van could probably still be alive I think we can all agree that Coach is toast Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't think the cannibalism starts until he's dead, right? Until he's gone, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going like, to yeah. condone cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. Um, as much as I like Coach, I, I do think he's toast. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. I, I was a little surprised he lived to begin with. I assumed all the adults were going to get washed immediately. <laughs> well, I mean, the first episode, fucking Misty hacks off his leg. That was fucking brutal metal scene. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. 
All right. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Uh, not really. Thoroughly enjoyable show. I like it a lot. Pretty light TV year, 2021. I didn't watch that much TV, um, mm-hmm. but this was this was a high point. I really enjoyed following the show week to week. I don't think there's been another show that's galvanized the internet into like theorizing and stuff like this for a long time. I mean, I think if Squid Game was not Netflix and it was a week to week would I had the opportunity to be that but because of you know the way Netflix plays it's just like nah the week to week model is just so much better like especially if you want people talking about your show yeah you um, just need time for things to build up you can't just be all at once was there a theory that you guys like I guess maybe we talked about all already like Jackie being alive was like the number one right yeah I was convinced that Jackie was alive because they're really trying hard to make it seem like she was dead, mm-hmm. um, and she turned out to be dead. So yeah, but but I like the way that she went out. I thought it was really affecting. Uh, really put a cap on that relationship between uh, Shauna and and Jackie. I think the like the one thing for me though that didn't leave the best taste in my mouth by the end of the season was that there's a lot of like this reporter trying to find out what they did, people asking. Taisa to spill right what happened during this time on the uh, and we um, still don't know (laughs) but we don't know right like we don't actually see them do anything terrible like that terrible right they almost killed travis but Mm -hmm. that was the shrooms (laughs) yeah it was just but like there isn't anything yet that we've seen that points us to like well what secrets are you trying to hide like i think they needed to give us just like that little nugget like something well i mean it's clearly cannibalism (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh and another question i want to ask is that baby her child in the future i don't think it can be no way there's no way the ages don't line up like we yeah. know how old sean she's we still know how old Callie is yeah oh and she says 19 years ago right yeah yeah, yeah no, right. no no okay. this was more than that no more than 19 years ago it's 20 oh you're right it happens in 96 25 years ago yeah and it's 2021 yeah we know it's 20 you're right so you're unless, right you're right you're right you're right yeah Unless the baby gets, like, given up for adoption and Jeff never knows about it or, like, the baby perishes or is eaten or I don't know. But, um, yeah, it cannot be Callie. We know that much for sure. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. If you do the math, it it can't be. Then, yeah, I'll guess what happens to the baby. (laughs) New theory. Lottie absconds with the baby and raises her to, like, kill her own mom or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) The 25-year-old cult member under Lottie. Uh, who's Shauna's kid. That is a cannibal cult oh. thing to do. I do want more of the horror cannibal culty aspect stuff. Like, yeah, that's what I'm I love the, I love that little shrine that Taysa has in her basement. I love like the weird imagery of her like being in the tree with her like mouth and hands covered in dirt. That stuff is so cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely yeah. want more of that. And who's the eyeless dude? That's the one mystery that we didn't get resolved, right? That didn't have an answer. Remind in me, who is the eyeless dude? Jackie's dream. Like, the hallucination of the dude without eyes. Yeah. Um, Taisa sees him all the time. She also sees him when her grandma dies, when she's, like, a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, like, oh. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who that is, either. I mean, is it, uh, maybe it's not just, like, a personification that. of death or something? Does it have to be a guy? Like, is it just... I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, and I know this is, like, pretty much moot now, but I had a lot of fun, like, trying to figure out who was who in that one wide shot of the antler queen and everyone beside her. Um, Did you make any headway on that? Yeah. So there were two people on the end. One has the wolf pelt and 
she's like holding hands with the girl with the bunny ears. So you think the that's bunny mask? Probably. So that's Van, Thaisa. Thaisa and Van. No, that's Thaisa and Shauna, right? Just because of how oh. close they've gotten, and then. Thaisa's all about the wolves, right? She's had this wolf motif, like, this whole entire season. And then Shauna's got the bunny thing. She's got, like, all the bunny statues in her kitchen. And then she mm-hmm. kills, like, a bunch of the rabbits and feeds it to... Her family. To her family. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, that was so um, fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything, but that was fun to, like, try and deduce who was who. That is cool. Is, yeah. that, is that episode one you're talking about? Like, that wide show? I think it's episode one. It's, like... The end of episode one, right? Well, you see Where they have all. the wide shot. Yeah, yeah. In the snow, in their little outfits, yeah. whatever. Did you see one with only one leg? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A giant one with only one leg. Yeah, that made it pretty obvious. Yeah, I don't even think Coach makes it to that, right? Because like, no, I, no I feel like he so. would not be there's no into way. this cult shit. Yeah. No, there's absolutely no way. My guess now is that he's like the first uh, victim. Yeah. victim. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. He's just like an easy target, right? Like he's just not useful to them, right? Because no, I, don't, I, don't, I think he'd be difficult. I think he's still, I mean, he has my own leg, but like he's still. The one adult. Uh, yeah, a giant ass dude with like someone with a patina of authority. I don't think that. I don't know, man. Maybe, I think maybe that's going to break maybe, down. Maybe I mean, the... even Laura Leal stands up to him, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So my last thing is dream casting for uh Oh yeah Lottie. Danica McKellar. Danica, Danica McKellar. McKellar. Okay, okay. I can see that. And she is just about the right age. I'll be honest, I don't have a person who I'm thinking of. Do you have someone Because yeah, the whole time I was watching the show, I was like, damn, that girl really looks like the girl from the Wonder Years. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you have someone you were thinking of, uh, Jeff? For that role? Someone said Megan Gale. She was supposed to play Wonder Woman in the George Miller adaptation. Um, mm. I think that's cool because both her and Courtney Eaton were in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Wait, um, what? She's like one of the older Valkyries, and then Courtney Eaton is like one of the younger ones. Oh, really? Immortan um, mm. Joe's like harem or whatever. Oh, Courtney Eaton's uh, Cheetah or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That might be good. I don't know. Um, What is Courtney Eaton's background? Yeah, she's very mixed. So, like, I'm, I'm just—I yeah. I don't know anything about her, but like, according to Wikipedia, her dad is Australian English, her mom is a New Zealander of Chinese Maori and Cook Island Maori ancestry. So, like, Cordine is definitely very mixed. All right. Well, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Unless you guys have anything else, uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. At Strange Harpers. What about you guys? You can't stop being so nosy. What about you, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at World's Okayest Photos and Screen Agents Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the popular pop, any of the other popular podcast apps. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if any of you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on Yellow Jackets, maybe some of your own theories that we didn't cover, uh, feel free to shoot us a line at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like reading out questions on the pod. And yeah, with that, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys soon.